This is really exciting because I get the privilege of interviewing and introducing you to, this is Leslie Milligan. Can you guys just put your hands together for Leslie? She's amazing. And uh, something to know about Leslie is that she's been practicing uh, Christian counseling for over 16 years. And, uh, and she has two children, one that's in middle school, one that's not there yet. And so let me just kind of tell you what tonight is about. So as I started thinking about what uh, some things that we see in middle school, we just finished a three-week series that you may or may not know about called Secrets. And we talked about secret sin, secret doubt, and last week we talked about secret hurt. And I thought, how cool would it be if we invite Leslie to come in? And I've asked Leslie to speak really from two, kind of two hats tonight. One is the hat of a professional Christian counselor. The other hat is a parent. So how she has raised her middle school son, her and her husband, and what does that look like? Because again, we want um, to do everything that we can to, uh, to inform you and support you and help you uh, as you are raising your middle schooler uh, at home. And so here's the thing about tonight is this is going to be kind of an interview format. And uh, if you guys got, when you came in, you got an outline. So if you want to grab that, we're going to kind of start from the top. And, uh, and the first thing that we want you to know about is basically this, that the number one secret when it comes to the life of middle schoolers is social media. Social media. Now, Leslie knows a lot more about this because of her experience, both as a counselor and a parent, and I would like for her to speak into what this, what this means. That's good. And so on top of that, we actually have a video. Well, one, we have a picture. I want you to see this picture. There is now an application that is called Secret. I don't know if you guys have seen this, if you've heard of this. Um, it's not a good thing. It's, it's not a good application. And on the back of your uh, outline, there are some websites. One of those websites is iParent.tv. And I would encourage you to check this website out because it, it tells you, number one, what all the applications are, what they mean, how they work, what they're for. And so definitely something to check out. But on top of that is there is a video that Leslie and I found on this website that we think would be really uh, informative. So if you will, just turn your direction to the screen and, and check this out. Anything that they post or anything that they send or receive via a social app is actually on and through the internet. And so you can delete it from your device, you can reset the device, you can hire a company to try to clean up your device, whatever, but it is still on the internet. And so kids oftentimes don't know that, and it's important that you're informed and aware about what they're posting. Great. And so the second bullet point, really quickly, is that lies or secrets that middle schoolers have are impulsive by design. I'm going to say that again. Lies or secrets that middle school students have are impulsive by design. Now, it's my understanding that this comes out a lot in some of the counseling that you do. So if you could speak into, into that one as well. So this age really is elementary school transitioning into middle school. And right now, cognitively, what's happening is their concrete thinking is changing to more formal thinking. And all that means is they used to could just add and subtract and do alphabetizing, but now they can form opinions and think for themselves. And so middle schoolers are really trying to find identity and belonging. And so they're seeking information 
They're seeking support and they're seeking ways to walk it out. And that's what we find when they go looking for things on the internet, whether it's a struggle or just a friend group. Right. And the third one is this. Social media has unfortunately, and this is very important for you to know, it's unfortunately become a dark place for many of these students. Let me say that again. Social media and social media outlets has unfortunately become a dark place for middle school students. And I know this is something that Leslie has experienced with as well, so if you could also speak into this one. So it's, it's not all bad, but when students in particular are struggling with something and they're looking for information, sometimes the information they find is bad. And so I typically find parents in the office or even friends that say, hey, listen, I found something on my kid's phone or a, a teacher has confiscated my child's phone or they were at a buddy's house and the parent called me the next day and said I should really check out my child's phone. And so the dark places typically that they stumble into isn't necessarily because of bad things that they're into yet, but they find themselves trapped at times about things that they find. So there are, there are websites that teach kids how to cut, self-mutilate, how to hide bulimia from your parents, how to write a suicide note, how to kill yourself. There are forums and blogs and online diaries that are completely anonymous, but kids are going on there and they're gaining tons of followers with this morbid sort of thinking. And so you don't get a lot of likes for, I did great on my test today, but you get a whole lot of support if you're struggling. But the support really becomes more toxic in nature because they're just too young to understand what they're into. Right, that's so good and, and so true. And, and so obviously we're, we're gonna have some Q&A at the end, so you guys may have some questions that are coming up or servicing up, so definitely hold on to those so that we can we can answer some of the other questions that we may not get to. So as we talked, we thought it would be a good way to, to kind of uh, format this is to give you two cautions and two action steps. Make it really simple. And so caution number one that's on your outline is simply this. If you don't know what your student is looking at, that is a red flag. I'll say it again. If you don't know what your student is looking at, where they're surfing, what they're experiencing through social media, online, things like that, that is a major red flag. Now, Leslie, would you speak into that as well? And, and w would you also talk about, is your un in your understanding, do you think that parents are connected in that way or not as connected as they should be? That kind of thing. I tell you, a lot of parents try, but I, apps are coming available readily. So as soon as they get familiar with one, there's a brand new one that their kids will go and get and their parents know nothing about. And so it's not just what they're looking at on the internet or in social media, but it's who they're talking to. And so some kids will set up accounts in your child's name and use it for bullying or to meet other people out in public. And so oftentimes kids are finding themselves in situations that they don't know how to handle on their own. And then they feel like they're going to get in trouble if they come forward to their parents and talk about it. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the red flags. The, oftentimes, too, some of the people that they're talking to, they think they know them. 
people, adults will introduce themselves as children and try to talk like a child when they're really an adult, that a stranger on the internet, um, trying to pursue children in ways that aren't good. Right. And, and we're going to look at some action steps for that caution. But before we get there, let's look at caution number two, which is kind of the difference between an introverted student versus an extroverted student. Something that came out as Leslie and I talked about tonight is that there are major differences. Of course, we know the differences, but when it comes to social media, some things to look for, some things to be informed about when it comes to whether your child is introverted or extroverted. So would you mind speaking into that one too? And when, when I say introverted versus extroverted, it's not really like a classification. It's more of a descriptor, sort of about how they socialize. And this is the age of socialization. So they've shifted away from parents and they're really looking to their peer groups. Everything is about socializing. And so introverts typically have one or two very close friends, and that's who they will choose to go to in times where they're struggling. Extroverts have lots of friends, but they're more, they're more on a surface level. And so when you're thinking about things like social media, some of the challenges extroverts have is discretion or sharing things about others that they may not have permission. Whereas some of the struggles introverts have is really getting deeper with one-on-one -on -one people that they think they're close with, but they're actually a stranger. And so those, when you think about how your child typically operates, it's a great way to look um, as a warning sign or an indicator that something may be off. So if your child is withdrawn, or if they suddenly start avoiding things, or if their friend group changes, how they dress, their grades, those are the things that are indicators that will help you understand what might be happening online. That's good. Um, and, and so uh, on top of that, we want to give you guys a couple of action steps. And the first one, and this is, this is more, this is kind of Le Leslie more so wearing the, the parent hat. So what do you do with the fact that social media is so accessible that it's so easy to uh, take a shortcut, even through Instagram, as you saw on the video, and how do we, re how do you react? How do we react? You know, as a parent, how do you react to uh, to dealing with this? Because at the end of the day, uh, social media is is out there, right? And so that's why the first action step is simply this: that you, um, it's prepare and not protect. I want to say that again: prepare and not protect. And so. What does that exactly mean when we say prepare and not protect? So I used to think years ago that getting a child ready for high school and preparing them with everything they may face, whether it be temptation, drugs, alcohol, sex, dating, what have you, prepare them for high school because they're going to be a little bit more independent and a little bit more on their own. All of those conversations are really needing to be had now at the middle school level and prior to entering into middle school. And that is simply because of the internet. Everything that they're exposed to are, is now at younger and younger ages. So talk to your kids now and ongoing. It needs to be sort of an ongoing conversation regularly. Prepare them for things like, what do you do when you get an inappropriate message? What are you gonna do when somebody sends you a photo that's inappropriate or sexually explicit? How are you gonna handle if you get into a bullying situation? Ask them the questions, and at first, they're, 
they're probably going to oppose it or shut it down. But if you keep asking, meet with them regularly, which we'll talk about in a little bit, they'll eventually open up and share. Would you mind too, Leslie, also speaking into uh, one of the things that you mentioned is, well, kind of as a parent, you had mentioned, how do you respond or how have you taught your son? If he gets an inappropriate photo, what does he do? And also, if you could talk about the rule that you talked about where um, when, when your son's allowed to even have an app and how that goes, you know, how, how you handle that as a family. So one of the things that we've decided in our family is that everything is great, but it's got to have limits. And so social media is definitely one of them. And so our house, we have the same rules for whoever the kids are that come in. Number one, if you want an app, you got to get permission first. You just can't download it on your own. So you have to ask permission. We take a look at it. We say yes or no. If it's a no, it's a no. That's number one. Number two, um, we don't allow any devices in their bedrooms. If you have homework, do it at the table. If you need your device for it, you can do it out in the family room or what have you. But no devices, iPads, computers, phones in the bedroom. Um, we also have sort of a turn-off time every night so that they can unwind. There are studies that say that the LCD lights interrupt sleep patterns. Well, I need my kids to go to sleep, so <laughs> you need to turn your phone in. Um, and then also, what was the other question about? Can you talk to us about... Oh, what you told, told son. your son about when, if somebody were to ever send him an inappropriate picture, how do you want him to handle that? Yeah, so I've told him it's, it's not if, it's when. Mm -hmm. the, the statistics that are out there, if you guys research it, about sexually exploited children will blow your mind. And the percentages of children that exchange not just sexual content, but sexual photos. And it really starts right around the age 13 and peaks at 15, and then becomes regular practice, honestly, with um, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships in high school. This is illegal, and it's considered child pornography. And I have had kids as young as 13 in legal trouble with charges of producing, soliciting, possessing, and distributing child pornography. And basically what's happened is it's just between boyfriend and girlfriend. That being said, I've told my son, when you receive something that's sexually explicit, hand me your phone. I cannot help you if you delete it, so don't delete it. So he knows to hand me the phone, and if I know the person, I'll just contact their parents and talk with them one-on-one -on -one and let them know that whatever photo they've sent has been deleted from the device, like I'll, I'll handle that part, but that they need to know that it's on the internet and whatever steps they feel necessary to make sure that that's taken care of. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Parents, let me give you the action step number two, and that is simply this, date your student. Date your student. You guys have heard PK, our, our senior pastor, Kevin Myers, talk about this from stage a lot. And, and as I talk with parents, those that do this versus those that don't, there is a very big difference. And so that would be a really encouraging action step from us to you would be to begin, if you're not already, dating your students. So Leslie, as a parent, how has that kind of looked? What does that look like for you and, and your kids? If you can do it weekly, that's ideal. But I understand that that may be 
too, too frequent. As regular as possible, stay committed. It will feel awkward at first because you're going to be talking about things that are just difficult. But I tell parents all the time, I'd rather you talk to your kid about it one-on-one -on -one than talk about it in my office or in front of a police officer or on the stand. So dating looks different for boys and for girls. Honestly, dads, you have the harder role and you have the greatest influence. Science would say that the, the parent of the same sex child has the greatest influence, but from a biblical perspective, dads can instill things in their daughters and in their sons better than the moms. And it's not a skill, it's a spiritual impartation from, from what I understand. So that being said, when you date your kids, I want you to think about it with exactly the same idea of what they're looking for from social media. So the things that you wanna talk about bring information, support, and practice. So just the same things they're looking for on the internet have a topic that's informative, whether it be about God, what spiritual gifts do you see in your child that you would like to develop? And then talk a little bit about support. How can I pray for you? What's happening in your world this week? What tests do you have? What tough conversations are coming up? And then practical steps. So you can help them set personal goals and then follow up. So take one opportunity this week to, to demonstrate service or leadership and then follow up the following week. And they may not have the opportunity, but m over time they will, and they'll begin to talk about it. They'll be like, you'll never believe what I did for service this week. Does it count? That's, what this, that's sometimes what it'll <laughs> say. Does it count? I'll be like, that counts. So, but the point is, is that once you get talking about it, not only do they look forward to it, but conversations about sex don't really start and end. It's ongoing. It's part of regular conversation and things don't really get awkward. They'll come to you as opposed to you finding out something via social media. That's good. And, and, and here's the thing. We know, we know that some of you as parents are already practicing these things, which is amazing and it's awesome. And, and we know that some of you, maybe you have stepped into a place or a season where it's been really challenging because of all of the maybe the changes. I mean, we've talked about this before. When you're, you know, a middle school student, it, as you know, right, they are going through every level of change possible. They're going through physical change, cognitive, mental change, spiritual change. They're, they're going through those changes. And so we know that obviously these three years, they, they present challenge for you. They present challenge for you to connect and challenge for you to really kind of even sometimes know, like, how do I start the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we just, one thing that, that I think would be beneficial is just to know that um, when I talk to students, oftentimes what they will say is that the greatest person, and we, you know this, but even they think that the greatest influence in their life is a parent. And I know that you hear that and you may think, there's no way my kid said that. They are saying that about you. Um, and sometimes as a parent, you don't always see that. You don't always feel that way. You don't always know that. But I want you to be confident and know that it really is true. And so the things we've talked about tonight, the things about just thinking about the vision that I shared with you guys for those students for this year, that, that they would understand and believe, not just understand it, but believe it and live as though they are fully known 
by the king, by the savior, creator of the universe, right? And that in turn, that they would live in a way that would make him fully known to their friends. I mean, you are on the front end of that. What you say, the conversations you have, the things that you talk about, just as it says in Deuteronomy, you know, take these things, talk about at home, walk around and put them on the tablet of your heart. Those are the things that God has entrusted you as a parent to do. And here's what what I want you to know, what we want you to know is that we are here as a ministry to help make that happen however we can. And so we, we just want you to know we are accessible. On the back of this uh, is a note page, obviously you see that, and all of Leslie's information. And I know that Leslie would love it for you to reach out to her. There's a confidential voicemail number on there. There's a website on there. There's an email. And so uh, if you um, have some needs in your family, I'll be honest with you, I refer a lot of families to Leslie Milligan, a lot. I trust uh, that what she is, is teaching and what she believes is, is huge. And so here's what we want to do. We want to spend the next like maybe five, ten minutes and uh, get some questions from you guys, some Q&A. So if you have a question, we have awesome Josiah, who's an amazing worship leader. Give it over to Josiah. He's awesome. Uh, and so he's got a microphone. He's going to kind of run around. So don't be bashful. Ask any question that you would like. And again, professional Christian counselor, so take advantage. How do you feel about spyware as far as um, paying attention to what they're looking at versus the you got, knowing? Can you let him hold it and sure. just, yeah. Maybe How do you feel about spyware as far as paying attention to them, um, seeing what they're looking at without them even knowing? How do you feel about that? Definitely. Um, one, actually, one of the things in the prepare your child is also just stay, stay informed. And one of the ways to do that is to download software that not only protects the device, but also monitors the device. And there are tons of plans out there, but most of them inform a parent if a website or an app is soliciting inappropriate material or if material is coming there. But it intercepts it, but it also lets you know that it's happening. And one of the things that is, I I appreciate you asking that question. That's a great question. One of the things that would be really beneficial for you guys to know about, the uh, the video we showed from iParent.tv, they are in partnership with an organization and a website called Triple X Church. It's literally 3xschurch.com. And I think that's on the back of your your outline. I would encourage you to check that website out. That website exists for this very reason, so that you can monitor the websites that your student is visiting, so that you are in the loop on everything they go to. So triplexchurch.com would be a really good, a really good resource to look into. What um, resources can the schools help with? Because like, I know what my son is on, by example, because I can see what he's on, but a lot of things he sees, he's seeing from other kids at school. You know, so are the schools doing anything to help? Because now they're bringing your electronic device to school and things like that. So they're making it easier for these kids to get on anything without parental supervision. Mm-hmm. True, yeah. So part of what you're saying is, I have two answers. First, it's interesting that your child says that he sees material at school that's on other people's devices. And when you think about sexting or kids swapping photos, 
The age to consent to have sex in Georgia is 16, but you can't take photos of yourself doing it until you're 18. And if you think about it, there's a reason why that exists, and it is because the photos, like we said earlier, never get deleted. So even though it's deleted from a device, it's still online, and those photos are being used in ways with child pornography and exploitation of children. And so that gap is, exists for a reason. That's number one. Number two, talk to your son. This, this will come up in your date nights. Talk to your kids about how to guard their heart and how to guard their mind. Tell them when somebody shows you something at school, how are you going to handle it? What are some things you can say or do to get out of the situation or to talk to your friends about, hey, you know, that's, we can't really be looking at that or talking about that. You know, you've got to tell your kids ahead of time that it's going to happen and what are you going to do when it does. A lot of times your kids may come home and say, hey, I saw something and I don't really know what to do with it. It could be curiosity about what sex is. Talk to them about it. Do you have questions about dating? Talk to them about it. Well, and, and one of the things too, this goes back to the first action step. And it, it's, kind of, it's kind of unfortunate, really, if you think about it, because it's prepare and, and not protect. The reality is, because the internet is what the internet is, you really can't protect them or keep them from it. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you really can do as a parent is educate them in your, in your conversations and, and while you're dating your, your student, educate them on how to handle those situations. Because even if you were to ban social media in your home, there are thousands of kids, hundreds of kids that they go to school with who... Those, their parents don't have the same belief, right? And so it's all about preparing them um, for when, like, like Leslie said, not if, right? And, and the whole, this whole conversation is not, it's, it's not meant to scare you, mm -hmm. right? It's not meant to, uh, to cause any harm. We just, we just want you to know the truth and, and really inform you of, of what's, what's reality, and, and honestly, what really isn't going to be changing anytime soon. So that's why it's prepare and not, and not protect. So here's what my husband and I have decided. It's not really an age. It's here are the things we're going to need to see from you that show me that you're ready to date. That's with driving. That's with any type of responsibility. And so how have they walked in purity up to now? How are they guarding their heart and mind from things that want to cause them to compromise? Does my son know how to treat a lady? Does he know how to pursue a lady? And vice versa, does, does a daughter know what it's meant to be pursued by a godly man? And would, does she know that that person would never cause her or ask her to compromise? When those things are solid, that tells me that they are, that they're ready to begin dating. Now, that may not be true for, for a lot of people. And so some people say, what's the age? And I think that's going to be different for every family. And, and I can tell you, just so you as parents know what we will teach here which may be different than what you believe, and that's okay. But beginning next week, we're going into this series called Obsessed. And uh, what we teach in middle school ministry at 12 Stone is that the foundation of relationship is friendship. And so in these three years, this is what we, we will say. 
why make life more complicated than it already is? As a middle schooler, it's already complicated enough. So why would you bring dating and the opposite gender into that when really these three years, our encouragement for your student is going to be, hey, focus on friendship, focus on getting to know people in groups, right? So that when, and this is what we say, we just want you to hit pause. Because here's the deal, there's going to be a chapter and there's going to be a time in your life where you hit play. We don't think it needs to be in middle school. That's our conviction, that's our belief, that's what we're going to be teaching. Um, and so just a little bit about the, the ministry, ministry perspective. A couple other questions? Okay, let me, let me repeat your question. So, your daughter's not allowed to date, but uh, when they're not allowed to date, she calls it her crush. And so, you're wondering, she told you the other day her crush is a Muslim, and so you're, if it was okay to have a crush who was a Muslim. Gotcha, gotcha. You want to answer that one, Leslie? I mean, I know what I would say, but why don't you answer it, and then I'll answer it. Well, well, my first question would be is, what does it mean to have a crush? Is it just, you know, I personally think someone's cute? Or am I broadcasting and communicating and posting crushing things? Okay. So there's a little bit of a difference then. So there's this public thing about affection and some sort of relational something, which she's, this is typical for middle school, though. They kind of, whatever your rule is, they want to come right up to it and maybe even cross it a little bit. So it's, I'm not going to call it dating. I mean, they can't date really in middle school. They can't drive. Amen. And they don't have a job to pay for it. So, but they want to call it dating. So it's just a different way of saying boyfriend, girlfriend, dating, in my opinion. Does that answer your question? From a biblical perspective. Well, I would say, yeah, I would say, you know, from, from a biblical perspective, you have authority in her life. And so as you are having conversations and dating your student, like we're talking, um, then those conversations can, can, can come up and come, can, can take place. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm sure you would, you would agree with this, that friendships and, and people that, you ha- that you're in contact with, it's great to have people that don't, don't follow Christ. I mean, that's who Jesus was. You know, Jesus hung out with pagans all day long, right? And so at the end of the day, it's great for her to have people in her life that may not have the same belief system, but that's why a, a, a message like the foundation for any relationship is friendship. Now, again, him, him you know, that's, that particular student practicing a different religious belief, right? I would even encourage you, it might even be a really cool conversation for you to have with her about what a Muslim believes. 
and kind of going into it like, I'm not saying you can't be the guy's friend, but having him as a crush and wanting it to be farther than that may not be the best thing. Let me explain why. Let me explain why that's true. See, what he believes is not what you believe. And, and, and there, there are some issues with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Another question? Well, you answered part of it by <clears throat> saying what you were going to be teaching here as far as addressing the photos and things. But it doesn't only happen at school. It can happen here. And mm -hmm. when you're talking to, um, I'm a grandmother, and my grandsons go here. But um, when I was talking to my grandson about what he saw, and I tried to explain to him, well, you know, you're, you're a leader, so you can be the one that can help that person and say, you know, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. It's not appropriate. But then they got to deal with the fact that everyone's going to be bullying that. You know, I mean, how do you really help them there? Because you know they're going to get attacked because they're making a stand against what's kind of the norm now. So, I mean, how do you really help them there? So there's, there's sort of two things I talk to parents about. One, there's been so much or more, not so much, more legal involvement when we're talking about photos of minors. And the idea is to do away with this freedom that these young people have. So it's a good thing, but it's going to take a while for it to catch up. And the, the FBI doesn't want to arrest your kids. They want to keep the material off the internet so it doesn't go into the places where it should not go. Okay, so it's going to take a while for it to get out into our age groups. High schoolers are aware of it, but they, they do it with just their relationships for the most part. Middle schoolers are almost oblivious to the idea. That being said, it's going to take a while for, the, for those types of things to dwindle down. I don't know how many years. But um, secondly, as far as bullying, are you saying that bullying is occurring because he's saying he doesn't want to look at it to his friends? I think the reason why he wants to kind of stand back and not necessarily be the leader and say, hey, don't show that here or I don't want to see it, it's not appropriate, is the fact that he knows the backlash that will come from most of them. He's an introvert. You know, he has a couple good friends and he does. he isn't really trusting of a lot of friends, you know, I mean, because he feels like, they're kind of surface people. So, you know, I want him to know to stand mm -hmm. up for what's right. But how do you help give them the advice on how to do it without becoming a target? Mm -hmm. yeah, you that's good. Add? That's good. I, 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 let me answer this in a couple quick ways, and then we'll, uh, we'll pray and, then, and get you guys uh, dismissed. Here, here's the thing that is important to know about 12 Stone, and in particular about M12, is that, and, and, and it's a tension and it's a challenge, but the truth is we draw a lot of students to this ministry that are unchurched, that are not churched in their homes, and so they're not churched in their school. They don't live uh, necessarily 
what, uh, what your son, grandson, lives. And the tension is we want those kids here because we want them to hear the gospel. We want them to know Jesus. We want them to hear about who God is and who God wants them to be. The unfortunate part of that, though, is that sometimes they bring the world into here. And what I would say is when we know about it, then we address it. Uh, there are times, usually once or twice a year, that I will teach from the stage about bullying. I will teach about the bully, the bystander, and uh, the victim, right? And here's what you do in each case. And so I think for you, the way I would tell you is to continue teaching and educating your grandson to stand up for that person. And if, if something like that is happening, that they have to find an authority. See, oftentimes what I find is that they just, they, they don't want to say anything, um, because again, it might put them as a target. But at the end of the day, what I would educate them is, is to say, that's a risk you got to take. Because if you don't inform someone who has authority, then nothing is going to change. And, and, and really, there, there's nothing that we can do. If we don't know about it, then there's nothing that we can do about it. When we do know about it, then we can address the proper parties, maybe pull parents into it right? Hopefully that would never happen, right, parents? Uh, but we could do that when we are informed of, uh, of what's happening. So does that make sense? Here's the deal. It is 9.01, so I want to get you guys out of here. I want to pray for you real quick, and then if you have questions, Leslie and I will be up here if you have some things that you didn't get to, to ask or things that you're curious about of what she said or the outline and, and that kind of thing. But I want to encourage you to um, make sure that you check out those websites uh, feel free to reach out to Leslie if, if, uh, if that would be a benefit to your family, if you'd like to do that. And then also know that um, tomorrow we're going to be sending a letter home to you about our next series so that you understand how different topics will be addressed, what will be taught, what will be said, so that you can be fully informed on that. So let me pray for you guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll dismiss. God, thank you once again for these parents. God, uh, obviously, the world of middle school, especially in this realm of social media and the secrets that they hide, is so difficult and challenging. And I just ask once again that you would give these parents the wisdom they need to lead their kid, to date their student, to prepare them uh, for what uh, is out there. And, uh, and so, God, give them wisdom to do that and uh, lead and guide and protect them in the process. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.